If anybody needs a photocopy, I think, are they on the, in the back, Ilana, yeah? They're on the back table if anybody needs a photocopy. It's the same one that we were looking at last week, but if you don't have it, there are some more on the table there. And we are learning from the Sefer of Rabbi Tversky's Zatzal Divrei Torah and a section on Tefillah. We did three of them last week. And today we're going to start on the third page of the handout. The third page, which is page Kuf Yud Aleph. Kuf Yud Aleph, it says on the top. Do you need one? Do you have one? It says on the top left, Kuf Yud Aleph. Kuf Yud Aleph. And we're going to be on the second paragraph of that page. And just uh, to remind you that this Sefer Mahushlama is a compilation of Divrei Torah and Minhagim stories from my Rebbe, Rabbi Shlomo Tversky Zatzal, who was the Hornestaipla Rebbe and Rav in Denver, where I grew up. And it was compiled by his grandson, Rabbi Yaakov Yisrael Nisan, several years ago, and just recently they put out a second expand, expanded edition. Okay, so second paragraph. Ha'adam choshev. People think, she'enu yochol lahasiach dato mida'agosa v'tsarosa afilu rega. That they cannot take their mind off of their worries and concerns even for a moment. Why? Ki mesiach dato mehem. Because if we do take our mind off of our worries, lo yihiyeh yochol limso eitzos lehem kurui. We think that we won't be able to solve our problems. So we're constantly thinking about these worries and preoccupations. And one of the things that, that we're trying to do is, I'll put that in my own language, we're trying to control and take charge and figure out the answer to our dilemma or our worry or our pain. So we think, even if it's subconsciously, we can't stop thinking about these things because you know, maybe I won't find a solution if I take my mind off of it for a second or two. Valkane, therefore, And therefore it's difficult for a person to have kavona in his tefillos, because if he concentrates on his prayers, then he's not concentrating on his worries. And you can't solve them, because you're not thinking about them. But the truth is just the other way around. That ongoing worry weakens a person. The EF Sharlo and then you're not able to think clearly and to come up with good solutions and approaches to our problems. So the constant worry is actually to our detriment for many reasons. And one, it, it weakens us and it kind of clouds our thinking. We're no longer objective to our problem. We're too, we're too in it. Ubi tefillah, tzorich adam lahasiach daito, Nikol Davor, 
Chutz tefillah. And when it comes to tefillah, a person must take their mind off of everything in the world except for his tefillahs, except for his or her prayers. So, an insight, right, a very important insight from Rabbi Tversky about why one of the reasons why we have a difficulty letting go of our concerns is because we think then we're letting go of control and solution, but the truth is the exact opposite. By letting go of it and connecting to Hashem, we become much more capable when the davening is over to take Hashem's response and to deal with our situation. I find that I'm thinking about my own, you know, my own thoughts and davening. If I, if I realize I'm on this track, like thinking about you know, the next bill, the next appointment, the next, and I catch myself, you know, if I'm able to catch myself in the middle. And one of the things I, I try and do is say to myself, you don't have to think about this now. Right? You're davening. You don't, you don't have to think about it. You can think about it in an hour. Just give it a break. Just let it go. So let go. Let go of those, that constant stream of thought that's flowing through our mind of all of our concerns. Let go of it for an hour or for a half an hour and come back to it. It, it ain't going to go away, right? The bills are still going to be on, well, maybe not, maybe a nace will happen, right? If you'll finish diving, someone will have paid your bills, who knows, right? But the idea is that in order to really become engaged with our Kaddish Baruch Hu, we have to let go of our own concerns, part one. And part two, to, to truly take care of our own concerns, we have to let go of them for the time we're davening, let Hashem come into our world, and then we can step back into it. And it will be much different if we manage to let go. Another piece I like about this, we said it, but I just want to emphasize it a little bit, is the control aspect, that we're very concerned with controlling our lives. And there's a positive to that. Because the Ramchal writes in the Derech Hashem that it's actually part of the stature of a human being that Hashem gives us the intelligence to take care of our needs and our lives. A human being can think productively and have, know what they want to do, think about how they want to approach a problem, parnasa, friendships, marriage, children, all those things. It's actually part of our stature as a human being, that God gave us the ability to take care of our affairs. So there's something about it, about that being engaged with those thoughts, which is positive. We're trying to lead our lives in a good way. But like all things, if we become overly involved in it, then it becomes counterproductive. And we're not really taking care of our problems by thinking about them all the time. We'll take care of them better if we let go for that half an hour or hour of tefillah. Okay, any comments? Yeah, please, Mr. Schroeder. What's the opposite? Thank you. Okay, so, yes, you're thinking about those people asking Hashem to heal them, asking Hashem to help them, as opposed to, okay, I have to go visit so-and-so at 2 o'clock. I need to deliver a meal at 3 o'clock. I have to go pick up the kids and the grandkids at 4 o'clock. 
No, you can daven for those things. Please help me get to carpool on time. Please, you can daven for that, but that's different than thinking about your schedule <coughs> and plotting it out. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a very good point. That, as you said, that's what we're davening for. Right. So we want to have that because we're davening for those people or those situations. But once we start to plot out, you know, how we're doing it, or we start to get too involved in that thought, as opposed to that person is sick, please, I shouldn't send them to Shalema, you know, which is appropriate. But now I'm starting to think about all the various things that I need to do for that situation. Now it, it, it veered off. Yeah, please, Rabbi Sinia. You know, it seems like, you know, if you're davening for a cola or something, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you maybe you'll do something in order to help that end that you're searching for. So that specific Hashem, uh, or, or whatever it is. But when we're davening, we don't have um, free reign on our what we're going to think about. It's there. It's there in the center. If you're talking about structured davening, right. then it seems to demand that we let go of all... Those things are all extraneous. When you're, you know, talking about whatever the tefillos are talking about, then it seems that that's the engagement that we're supposed to have. And I think it's hard for us to find a connection between that and whatever we're struggling with in life. And that the point is that we have to accept that and maybe let, they are connected. We may see it, we may not, but to let go of all of our concerns, whether it's for mm-hmm. somebody's sickness or carpool or whatever it mm-hmm. is, and we're engaging in tefillah as the Anshay Knesset Nardola set it down, mm-hmm. because this is where everything happens. This is where everything is going, all the light is going to come. Right. From here, right, and it still is a certain amount of personal control when I'm dictating the, you know, what I'm thinking about, as opposed to accepting mm-hmm. what the Gedola Yisrael dictated. I should be thinking about. Okay, so very a very important point also that Revison's bringing out. So I want to amplify it a little bit because I feel really in truth that there's place for both thoughts that which. Mrs. Sugar said, and also that which Rebbeinson said. If you're talking about the bakashos in Shmona Esrei, Rifo'enu, please heal us, those types of tefillos, the same bracha, let us have parnasa. So those are very focused on bakashos. And we're allowed to have in mind for a moment an individual who needs that. You can even insert that in Rifo'enu, for example. So we're, play, we're davening for the Klal, for Klal Yisrael, but you can go toward an individual thought for a moment in that bracha. That's what the bracha is about. So that's okay. Then you have a chol in mind or parnasa in mind. But if you're talking about the structure davening that the Anshay Knesset HaGadolim made for us, which, which Shmon Esrei is a part of, but the rest of it, not the Bakoshos, then the idea is to let go. So, Baruch Shemar Vahoya Olam Baruchu. Blessed is the one who spoke and the, the world came into being. Blessed is he. I shouldn't be thinking about anybody else or anything else except for that statement. I shouldn't be thinking about my Parnosa, uh, Rafua, Ashidach. That's not what that's about. 
It's just about Baruch Shomar Vahaya Olam Baruch Hu. Or Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. That really is the only thing that's meant to be on our mind at that point, and nothing else. So I think you have two aspects of tefillah. One is where you completely let go, and we're only meant to be thinking about those words that the Antigonesis Haggadola wrote down for us, which is our Siddur. And then when you have the tefillah itself focusing on certain bakashos, then it's okay to have those things in mind. So really we're incorporating both. But I'm, yeah. just, I'm thinking of the idea though, that yeah. he's presenting. Right. That you can, we could disguise it however we want, but if we're talking about really letting go, then it seems to me we're talking about letting the words of the tefillah come into right. us as much as we possibly can, and anything outside of that is part of being attached to that daiga. Even I understand I, that. Okay. I'm sorry to say, but even with that, I'm saying there's still makom to be attached to that. I understand. When you say rifoenu and you're for, forgetting about everything except please Hashem heal us, you're, you're allowed to have an individual specific thought in mind and bring it into that fila. Right. Except I have to say that the yeah. Armin has not to do that, and you told right. me that. Well, we do a little later. Okay, but, <laughs> okay. but regard, I'm, I'm not saying there's not a makom for right. but I'm saying the idea that he's talking about yeah. here seems to me that it's that it that it's nothing except the except the words of Tefillah, right? And that it's not just it's that break, that break with the daiga, that is that you know you just it's it's about what's in the center. It's not about what's ever on your mind. I, I, I agree. Okay. I'm just saying that there are places in davening where you can right. plug that back in. Yeah, yeah please, Derek. The, the Shlomish was made yeah. in a very special way. Right. So I always have this, I never know, am I supposed to plug in about a certain uh, worry for somebody, let's say, in that field, like about Pernasa, or do I have to, I'm supposed to wait till the end of Shlomish or Shlomish or Shlomish? Does it break it up too much? Like it needs to feel like I had somebody else in mind, or am I supposed to wait? I'm not sure about it. So it's all of the above. Okay. Halakhically speaking, you can do any of the above. So I'm just going to choose Rifo'enu for a minute because it's the most common one. A person saying Rifo'enu, they have Cholin that they want to daven for. So there's a little place there, Yehiratzamofanecha, right in the middle. You can do that. Similarly, if somebody needs parnasa, you can insert that in barechaleinu. Although in general, I don't think it's really done so much. There's no fixed formula for it, whereas in refuah there is. You could. And kind of what the Rebbe was alluding to, I, I kind of lean away from, from that. I think people then get too involved in their own things. Right. So if it's an emergency, then in Shomea Tefillah. So right before you say ki ata shemayat filas kol pam chayisovarachim rohata shem shemayat fila, right before ki ata shemaya, that's the place for bakoshos of an emergency nature. I I would put that at the end of Shmona Esrei, personal personally, yeah, because again I think what happens is that it it be we cross this line. And we become too involved in our own stuff, 
as opposed to the Shemona Esrei itself, similar to what the Rebbe is saying. And people can end up saying things, like everything is important, everything we need is important, but something could come into Shema Koleinu that probably should wait till at the end of Shemona Esrei. So at the end of Shemona Esrei, be right before you, ta- you take three steps back, or right before you say, that, that ends Shemona Esrei. Right before you say that Yudharatzon, that's the time for your personal tefillos, and you can say anything that you want. I, I would, you'll get different, uh, different sakim and hadrach with this. I would reserve Shema Koleinu for very urgent type of, emergent type of tefillos. Thank you. That's yeah. very helpful. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, please. What is Bakasha? Bakasha means request. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please, Esther. Yeah, very much so. Now, I think the place for worry, and maybe that's not a great word, the English word, is for a moment, then that leads us to compassion. Like, oh my gosh, you know, did you hear about that? That's horrible. Then that's a moment of daiga, of worry. But then we can't just sit on that. Then we have to take that to rachamim, which is to philos and action. If we stay in the daiga, worry place, that's counterproductive. Yeah, it's like a springboard to a different so, emotion. Sorry, a different emotion or a different action. Yeah, please. Uh, yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, I've, I've seen also uh, people sometimes get very stuck in, um, oh, if, if this happens and that's going to happen and that's going to happen and that's right. going to happen and, and that that um, totally falls storyline keeps playing in the head right. rather than their immediate circumstance, right. which they may need to worry about. Right. But um, it, so I just want to point this out. I learned many years ago, fear, and this, of course, is not 100% true. Right. Fear is false expectations appearing real. Mm-hmm. So if you're worrying about these, all these what could happens in the future, I, 
I stop myself because I remember false expectations appearing real. Who knows? So that, that's, a, that's a fear that's not grounded in reality. Exactly, right? yeah. There's the type of yura, if we, if we use the word yura for it, which is actual fear that's real. Right. Yura shemaim, yura saonesh, those kinds of things. You're pointing out where it can go negative, which I agree with. It fits in with the worry. Right. Right, and it just get, it gets out of control and it takes over a person's life. But like all of those emotions or experiences, they can also go toward the right direction. There's a certain amount of yura, a fear, which is good in Avodah Sashem. It's gr grounding. Yeah. Very important, very important. Yeah, please, yeah. yeah. Um, I Okay, so did he, Gil, Gil is asking, did Rabbi Tversky explain how to let go, right? <laughs> so um, I don't have an, a direct answer for that because I don't remember specifically. Do you, Rabbi, since your hand went up? Yeah, please, go ahead. Well, from this class yeah. that I heard, right. that, he, that he said, if, I mean, he was talking about how do you have kavana, And one of the problems he said is that this, that it's, we just learned that we feel like we have to constantly be on our problems. And that if we really believed that the solution to all of our problems is coming from our relationship to God, we wouldn't have such a problem letting go because we would think that's really where it's at. Right. Instead of we're convinced that where it's at is our constant involvement and enmeshment. Right. We think that's the, where the solution is. The solution is in our relationship with Hashem. Right. And in Him. And then additionally, he, he added what he touches on here, is that our fear that we're not going to be effective in our problem-solving ability will actually be enhanced by letting go of the problem. Right. And that the way that you solve a problem is not by constantly sitting on it, but by actually getting off of Stepping it. off of it. And that's when you allow for, you know, he didn't specifically say the brain to function in a different right. way, but that reprieve, but that idea we have, you know, the, when the land lays fallow and the land is fertile, we have this concept mm -hmm. that you just have to open some space. And so that was, that's just to fill in what I remember Great. from this class. Great. What was his lesson again, get off of... Yourself? Well, we, he said we have to wrench ourselves off of ourselves. Right. He yeah. said physical... I'll say, look, we have to wrench ourselves off of ourselves. He said it's that's a, what he said. He said it's a physical activity. Yeah. So that's how it takes a real exertion. Right. Real exertion to do that. Thank you. Yeah. It's a real avoda to get off of ourselves. Let's take one more. Yeah, George, please. It does. If we do that in a thorough way and in a real way, I, I agree with that. 
Okay, let's go on to the next one. Yashvara's excellent, really important ideas. You flip over the page um, now to page column Kuf Yud Beis. Kuf Yud Beis. And it's going to be the second paragraph on that. Tefillah B'Tzibur, right, davening with a minion, davening with a group. And I know that that's different, obviously, for men and for women, but the idea itself will still apply to both. Ein Perusha, it does not mean Asura Anashim Nifradim Nispalalim Becheder Echad. Ten different people who happen to be davening in the same room at the same time. That's not a minion. Maybe technically you have a minion. You can say Boruchu. But ten people who happen to be at the same, in the same room davening at the same time, that's not really what a minion is meant to be. Ella asora anashim hamispalalim biyachad. But rather ten people who are davening together. Together. V'dover zen nitzrach ma'od. And this is extremely necessary and important. For the davening to be as is, it's meant to be. Um, I have been known here and there in my own shul, not often because you can't do this too often, but every once in a while when the singing in the shul is, one, one side is over here, the other side is over there, and, and you don't know exactly what you're even singing anymore because everybody's singing their own thing. So I'll give a clap. I'll stop. I'll to stop the davening because we're not davening together anymore. Because part of davening together is listening. To really daven and sing together, you have to listen to what other people are doing. So if a person is singing and they can't tell that someone, you know, five feet away from them is singing at a different speed and they're not listening anymore. Davening was really meant to be biyachad. So the tefillah biyacha, that's the idea of diving together with other people. Not just being in the same place, but putting forth effort, time, consideration. We're all in this room together. We have the same goal. Let's put our hearts together. So singing or not, that's the approach. Volcano muva. Therefore it is brought down. Brings here in the parentheses in the Morgan Avram. That before a person davens, they should think to themselves that they are accepting upon themselves the mitzvah of to love your fellow Jew as yourself, right before you start. That actually comes from the Arizal, from the Ariha Kadosh. It's mentioned in the Sifrei Halacha as well, as he says here. And what that does is it reminds us that we're all in this together, that I'm meant to be davening with other people, for other people, along with myself. So right before we start, just to think about that for a minute, v'yahav to the re'acha kamocha. Ki al yudezeh, yuchalahis palel b'tzibur b'yachad kidabai. Because then one can daven together in a group, in the right way. The dover echad ha-na'aseh kishem ispalalim b'yachad hu she'eno mispalel rak bishvil atzmo. 
One of the things that we accomplish when we daven truly as a tzibur, as a group, is that we're not only davening for ourselves. We have other people in mind because they're right next to us. El Hashem Ispalo Bishvil Kulan, that we're davening for everybody. Vizen Nochutz Ma'od, and this is urgent. This is very, very important. Now just drop down to the bottom paragraph because it's really a, a similar and continuation of that thought. Ta'am echad One of the reasons about davening in a minion is When a person is involved with avodas Hashem, We're always in danger that we will only be thinking about ourselves. And we will forget others. So therefore, the Chachamim, they obligated us to daven in a minion specifically. That's for men. Women are not obligated to daven in a minion. Maybe women have the innate ability to feel for other people without being in a minion. Possibility. There's certainly a maternal quality that's like that in all, in all women. But the idea being, by, by nature, when you're with other people, that requires a person to be thinking about other people. I'll just tell you an adjunct, a little, a little story. Robert Hursky was once talking about this idea, and I said to him, you know, sometimes people feel that if they dive in a minion, they have to dive in a little faster than they want to dive in, or they have to dive in a little slower than they want to dive in. So he says, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. You have to do something a little different than you want to do it. And you have to dive in a little faster. Why? For the sake of the tzibur. You have to dive in a little slower for the sake of the tzibur. That's exactly right. It's not just about how fast and how slow and how just right I have to dive in. It's about being diving with other people. Yeah, please, Sarah. No, I think that's good, because then it's the word. Right? And so every word of tefillah is holy. Every word is kadosh. It's in there because the Anche Knesset Hagadola put it in there. So if one of those words on any particular day kind of jumps out at us and is speaking to us, I would say pay attention to it. There's something going on there, that, that kadusha of that oath or that teva, that word registered on that day. I saw in Rabbi Wolfson Sefer on tefillah that every word of tefillah in, in the Siddur opens up a different chamber in heaven, in Shemayim. Every single word is, is corresponding to a very particular opening up there. So if, if one of those words is calling out to us, then that's probably a little message to think about what that's, what's going on there. Yes, Mira, please. I just didn't Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mitzvahs, I say. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, please, Helena. Is Davening Mitzvah for them, um, is the only reason for the Hathorah or is there other? No, it's, you know, he, he's talking about a, an approach to it, a dimension of it. He doesn't mean that it's confined to this. 
So the idea that tefillah b'tzibur, because when there are ten men present, then there's a greater hashra'as hashchina. Right? So that's fundamental to davening in a minion, that that presence of the shechina is, is more powerful when you have a minion. So, yes. He's bringing out some of the other, I guess, subtler dimensions of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, please go. Um, is there a way to tell it? <laughs> yeah. Is there a, well, a way to, take, to tell the difference between an insight that kind of grabbed our attention and fila or just a Yetzirah, which is distracting us, right? So I would kind of, I would say this. You have to look at it for a minute and say, is this taking me away from my davening or is this involving me in my davening? If it's involving me in my davening, then that's a good thing. If it's, it's distracting me, then that's, let's say, Yetzirah. So just step back for a minute and evaluate. Is it taking me in or is it taking me out? Yeah. Robinson, please. Um, well, one thought I just want to say first that from what Ilana said, yeah. I learned in the Talmud of Ora on Lishar's Nachlaso that when a minion comes together, part of that is that these people are, there's a chalik and of you and right. them, them so and them. So it just seems to represent this underlying idea that what is it that brings the Shekhinah into this group is that they're unified. Right. So I, I, you know, I think that concept mm-hmm. is very far-reaching mm-hmm. what the rabbi is saying. And right. Part of that concept of being as one is that you are concerned, you're, you know, you're thinking about other people and, and what's going on for them. And right. The other thing I just wanted to add that Rabbi said about this, and I was, he didn't say what you said, but I thought the same thing, that maybe we're not concerned as much for this danger with women becoming self-involved, although I certainly don't think that we are immune to becoming self-involved in our davening. But what he said was the reason when not, women are not, uh, don't have a chiv in Tzvil B'Tzibor is because the Torah does not contradict, doesn't create contradictions for people, and the, the greater mahalik for women is to be private. So it's, it's her more so dominant. Right. So right. the Torah does not compel her to daven b'tzibur because because of that. That's not to say she's excluded right. from davening. We certainly have certainly on Yom Nuraim for women to go to Yoshef or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but this is that that's what he said. I just wanted to say. Sure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, please, Linda. Just the specifically Tibor um, mm-hmm. parts of Dalmin, like, for example, when you're trying to say Aleinu and the kid, you know, finishes when you're three sentences in, and, uh-huh. you, and then the mourner's cottage comes afterwards, and you want to be able to say Amen, mm-hmm. but you can't because you're only up to the fourth line of Aleinu. Mm-hmm. Like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm always curious. Should you stop Aleinu right. and yes. So that's, that's a halakha question. There's a lot of ins and outs in, in this. A lot of ins and outs when you can stop, what you stop for, what you do not stop for. So that needs to be studied. There is a sitter called the Tzilas Kolpeh Sitter. And if you open up the inside cover, there's a grid. It's very helpful because it says if you're here, you can stop for this, this check, 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 check. If you're here, you can stop for like less amount of checks. If you're here, you cannot stop it on Mishmon Esrei. It's very helpful, but that's a lot of information. That's like 50 different scenarios on a little page. But your question is, if you're saying Elenu, 
do you stop to answer Kaddish? Yes, you do, and you can't. Yeah, then you go back. And you can go back to where you left off. You don't have to go back to the beginning. So if you're six or seven lines into Elena when they get to Kaddish, just stop, answer Kaddish, and then go back to where you left off. How about if you're saying Kaddish? This came up for me when I was... The person I was, saying Kaddish, okay. Yeah, I could never, I, had, I couldn't even say Elena because I would never be able to say Kaddish when they were saying Kaddish. Right, so then the Kaddish is, Kaddish is more important. But you then go back and say Elena afterwards. So that happens to be, there are some people who dive in slowly. And a lot of shuls don't. Right, so they need to say Kaddish, so they just have to put that aside for a minute so they can say Kaddish, and then get back to what they were doing. Not all shuls do. <laughs> Asterisk. <laughs> Yeah, even a little pasuk. It's better to time it so you're stopping at the end of a pasuk. It's better to do that. But if you're in, if you are mid pasuk and it comes to kaddish, borchu, kedusha, those are called devorim should be kedusha, the things that require a minion. Speaking of a minion, then you stop, even mid pasuk. But if you take a second, you know we don't always do it. You see, okay, he's there. If I continue, I'm going to be mid-pasuk. So I'm just, just stop. And then wait three seconds till they get to and then go back from that. It's be a better way to do it. Yeah, yeah please, Doreen. Yeah. yeah. So through Yeheshme Rabba, you should stop. Three, yeah, you should just stop. Then after that, you can continue to answer Amen. You can go back to your Tfila, and you can continue to answer Amen. Just kind of pay attention and you know, say Amen when you get to that. Now, of course, I'm, I'm saying this in this very specific situation. There are times when you cannot respond, like if you're in the middle of Shemon Esrei. You just have to be quiet and not say anything. Or the first two lines of Shema. So it gets very specific and technical. But for this answer, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. I'm happy. Okay. Another <laughs> yeah. question. Mm -hmm. This is this is with sitting and standing. Mm -hmm. So there's something to understand that when you're when you're standing because you have to stand in the red seat or sitting, that doesn't. I'm have a problem with that. You know, because it's okay. Um, someone knows you're catching up or, or mm -hmm. whatever. But what about if you're in something that you understand you're supposed to sit by, like Shema is the one I know. Mostly, if I understand you should be sitting. Maybe Ashray I had that idea about, maybe I'm wrong. But if you're in that place and, and they're taking out the Sifre Torah, what are you supposed to do? Stand up. Once the Torah comes out of the Oron, you have an obligation to stand up. That's an actual chiyuv. When the Oron is opened, right? they open the parochas and they open the door to the Oron, al Dean, you don't have to stand yet, although it's proper kavod to stand, and everybody does. The reason you don't have to stand yet is because the Torah is in the Aron, it's in a different rishus, it's in a different domain. So you don't actually have to stand, but the minhag olam is to stand. Once the, once the Aron is open, people stand up. But once the Torah is out of the Aron, then you're obligated to stand up. 
right, so that's already a different question, a little more complicated, and maybe not because you are yourself maybe in a different Rishus. That's a maybe. I would stay stand up anyway. You should. The Torah's coming out, you're in shul, you should, you should stand up. You should. Just, just one second. Yeah, so then, if you're saying something where you're sitting down in davening, then you should just stand up while the Torah is going around. So should you just keep davening Shema while you're standing up? Because otherwise you're going to have a big heft. Yeah, just keep davening, because you can't stop there. Because you can't stop. You can't stop in the middle of Shema and say the various tefillos that are said when the Torah comes out. And you, and so just stand up and keep davening. So you can keep davening. You don't yeah. have to stop davening. No, you don't have to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not to stop. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Shifa, mm-hmm. did you have a question? That was my question. A question, okay. Debbie, yes, sir. Yeah. I once went to a mitzvah where Sparta was It's vertical, right. Yeah, so I, I walked in, and, you know, I went there for the bar mitzvah, and we came just in time, and I was like, I don't know. Do, do, do you I stand up or not? <laughs> I don't, I don't right. remember if everyone stood. Like, I just don't yeah. even know. I was, like, so taken aback. I was like, wow. Right, because their Torah is in a case. Yes. And they stand up the case, and they yeah. open it up, and there it is, right? So everybody stands the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you don't have to, really, because when it's on the shulchan, it's on the table there where it goes, it's already in its place. <laughs> whether it's sitting or standing, and then you don't have to stand up. Yeah. I don't know what the Sephardic minute, I don't remember. I've been in the shuls, I don't remember. Yeah. But you don't have to stand up. It's amazing. You feel so differently when they're reading it if you're right there and you see it. It's, mm-hmm. you know. Now, I'm glad you said that because just to um, continue with that halacha, so we were saying once the Torah is out of the Oron, you have to stand up, and that's until it comes to the shulchan, the dim, and they put it down. Now, once it's down on the shulchan, then you're allowed to sit down. Hard to see that sometimes. Hard to see sometimes, yeah. And then I have to follow up is, what about Simcha's Torah? Because certainly people are sitting. It's a very big question. It's a very big question in halacha. All the Torahs are out, and they're they're up, and so how can people sit down? And yet we do, right? Are you going to stand up for three hours? So it's a big question in halacha um, as to how that's okay to sit down if you need a little break. Lamaisa, people do it. That is a minhaga olam. Uh, this is written about. Why is that okay or not okay? But should you, should you have your? Di- in other words, you're saying if you need a break, like you, then that it should be on your mind that if you can be standing, you should be standing, and you shouldn't just like, oh, it's hard to sit. I'm gonna sit and enjoy myself here, watch the show. I I, I don't want to comment on it. Uh. <laughs> Uh, because I don't like the people who have to feel they need to sit, stand up for three hours. You know. So, but it is, it's, it's an issue. It's an issue. Yeah. 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 yeah but moving, it, moving doesn't release the responsibility. Yeah. yeah, but, well, not, no, because you, let's, say, let's say you've danced for Hakafos, and you're in a show where they actually dance. So it's taking time. Yeah, so but the Bachram are they're younger. Yeah, some of the men do also. You get tired. You know, it's an hour, an hour and a half. So you get tired. Yeah. And the Torahs are going around, people sit down. So should they go to the side? That's one one solution. They should kind of go to the side somewhere, be away from the Sifrei Torah. That's one way to approach it. It's not such a... There's no real safe resolution uh, to this. Yeah, yeah, please. 
Yes. So the idea when when someone's holding it, you should stand. Yeah, because when they're holding it now, it's up. And it's not resting anywhere. When the whole person's holding it, it's not considered to be resting in any particular place. Right. So if it's not resting, you're not resting. Right. <laughs> okay, let's do one more short one, and then we'll, then we'll conclude. Okay, so this is going to go, we're going to go to the top of page Kuf Tes Vav. Kuf Tes Vav. Did I give you my pen? No, I didn't. Okay. Kuf Tes Vav. I probably left it at home. Chayav um, Adam, the very top of the page there. Chayav Adam l'chadesh dovar b'chol yom b'tefila. So the Gemara says in Brachos, the person is obligated to make a chiddush, to say something new in davening every single day. Right? Not such an easy thing to do. So Rabbi Hurski comments, Ha'adam yachol l'chayim dovar zeh be'echad mishnei ofanim. A person could fulfill this in one of two ways. O Sha'omer Tefila to say a brand new prayer every single day. And that could be a very short, simple prayer. It doesn't have to be sophisticated. Just something new, a new bakasha to Hashem. Oh, Sharoa Dover Chadash be Tefilaso. Or if you see a new insight in your davening that you had not noticed before, that's also called a Chiddush. So you don't have to make up something, you know, make up a tefillah, bakasha, but you notice something in Ashrei Yoshveve Secha that you didn't notice the day before, that's also called a chiddush. So it's either a new, what he's saying is a new expression of praise or a new insight into praise also counts as a chiddush in tefillah, a new insight in tefillah. Please, yes. In other words, because the person is different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As long as you ah. feel it. <laughs> as long as you feel it. Like, there are certain things that I dive in that I do dive in the same personal shows because till they change, I, I'm not going yeah. to change those. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that, he doesn't mean that a complete overhaul every day. Right. Just one thing different. Right. One thing different. Now, this has to be resolved. This is a halacha comment. The Arizal says, what, really what Elk is talking about, that no tefillah is ever the same. No shmoness is ever the same. Right. It's a new davening, it's a new time. It, you said it yesterday, you're saying it again today. It's different. So, b'cholzos, there's still this halacha about trying to find something different. Maybe that's a good way to say it. It is different. But we, we, are, we are meant to, we are supposed to find something different in Tzilon each time. If we can. Yeah. And, and, and it can't be something that two years ago you found. Maybe if you forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Somebody once told me the Torah, and I said, that's excellent. Who said that? They said you did. <laughs> I said, well, I'm so glad I said that. <laughs> when did I say it? <laughs> At least I liked it. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> okay, Yashur Kach, I mean, that was really wonderful shir, and I really gained a lot from it. And we have now a break for two weeks, uh, Mr. Shulman told me, and then so three weeks from today we're starting again. We're doing a new sefer we have not yet done, which is the Mesilas Yasharim from the Ramchal. 
the, the path of the just. No, no, we've done Derech Hashem a lot. Uh, did, did we do Mathilde Hashem? I mean, you, you correct me. I see, I just told you, I could forget it, right? Oh, okay, okay, the Seder. I'll take your word for it. I told you I forget. <laughs> So I'm going to start from the beginning, but we're not going to go straight through. It will take us a couple of years to do that. And I want to touch on certain parts. We're going to start at the beginning. The Hakdama. Yeah. And we'll do a little bit of time. And then I'm going to just skip around a little bit and touch on certain things, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. I am going to be bringing Sforim. I have a number of Mesidus to Shoram because we learned it in Shul for a couple of years. So I'm going to bring books. They'll be available. If you have your own... And you want to bring your own, you know, gazinta hate, that's fine, but there, there will be swarm here. So three weeks from today. Have a great couple of weeks, everybody. You can take this if you want it. If not, just please leave it on the back table. Call two.